Section 10, Tales 39 to 42 of Eskimo Folk Tales by Knut Rasmussen. Translated by W. W. Worcester. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Tale 39. Nerevik. A bird once wished to marry a woman. He got himself a fine sealskin coat, and having weak eyes made spectacles out of a walrus tusk for he was greatly set upon looking as nice as possible. Then he set off in the shape of a man, and coming to a village, took a wife and brought her home. Now he began to go out catching fish, which he called seal, and brought home to his wife. Once it happened that he lost his spectacles, and his wife, seeing his bad eyes, burst out weeping because he was so ugly. But her husband only laughed. Oh, so you saw my eyes. Ha, 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 and he put on his spectacles again. Then his brothers, who longed for their sister, came out one day to visit her, and her husband being out hunting, they took her away with them. The husband was greatly distressed when he came home and found her gone, and thinking someone must have carried her off, he set out in pursuit. He swung his wings with mighty force, and raised a violent storm, for he was a great wizard. When the storm came up, the boat began to take in water, and the wind grew fiercer as he doubled the beating of his wings. The waves rose white with foam, and the boat was near turning over. And when those in the boat began to suspect that the woman was the cause of the storm, they took her up and cast her into the sea. She tried to grasp the side of the boat, but then her grandfather sprang up and cut off her hand. And so she was drowned. But at the bottom of the sea she became Nerevik, the ruler over all the creatures in the sea. And when men catch no seal, then the wizards go down to Nerevik. Having but one hand, she cannot comb her hair, and this they do for her, and she, by way of thanks, sends seal and other creatures forth to men. This is the story of the ruler of the sea, and men call her Nerevik, because she gives them food. Note. Nerevik. Meat dish. End note. Tale 40. The Wife Who Lied. Navaran Apaluk men say came of a tribe of man-eaters but when she grew up she was taken to wife by one of a tribe that did not eat men once when she was going off on a visit to her own people she put mittens on her feet instead of boots and this she did in order to make it appear that her husband's people had dealt ill by her it was midwinter and her kinsfolk pitied her greatly when they saw her come to them thus and they agreed to make war against the tribe to which her husband belonged so they set out and came to that village at a time when all the men were away and only the women at home these they took and slew and only three escaped one of them had covered herself with the skin which she was dressing when they came the second had hidden herself in a box used for dog's meat and the third had crept into a store shed when the men came home they found all their women folk killed and at once they thought of navaranapaluk who had fled away and they were the more angered that the slayers had hoisted the bodies of the women on long poles with the points stuck through them. They fell to at once, making ready for war against those enemies, and prepared arrows in great numbers. The three women who were left alive plaited sinew thread to fix the points of the arrows, and so eagerly did they work that at last no more flesh was left on their fingers, and the naked bone showed through. When all things were ready, they set out, and coming up behind the houses of their enemies, they hid themselves among great rocks. 
the slayers had kept watch since their return believing that the avengers would not fail to come and the women took turns at the watching and now it is said that one old woman among them had a strange dream she dreamed that two creatures were fighting above her head and when she told the others of this they all agreed that the avengers must be near they gathered together in one house to ask counsel of the spirits and when the spirit calling had commenced then suddenly a dog upon the roof of the house began to bark the men dashed out but their enemies had already surrounded the house and now set about to take their full revenge shooting down every man with arrows at last when there were no more left they chose themselves wives from among the widows and bore them off to their own place but two of them took navaranapaluk and hurried off with her and she thinking that both wished to have her to wife cried out which is it to be which is it to be the men laughed and made no answer but ran on with her then suddenly they cut through both her arms with their knives and soon she fell and the blood went from her and she died this fate they meted out to her because she lied tale forty one kasagsuk the homeless boy who became a strong man one day it is said when the men and women in the place had gone to a spirit calling the children were left behind all in one big house where they played making a great noise a homeless boy named kagsagsuk was walking about alone outside and it is said that he called to those who were playing inside the house and said you must not make so much noise or the great fire will come the children who would not believe him went on with their noisy play and at last the great fire appeared little kagsagsuk fled into the house and cried lift me up i must have my gloves and they are up there so they lifted him up to the drying frame under the roof and then they heard the great fire come hurrying into the house from without he had a great live ribbon seal for a whip and that whip had long claws then he began dragging the children out through the passage with his great whip and each time he drew one out that one was frizzled up and at last there were no more but before going away the great fire reached up and touched with his finger a skin which was hanging on the drying frame as soon as the great fire had gone away little kagsagsuk crawled down from the drying frame and went over to the people who were gathered in the wizard's house and told them what had happened but none believed what he said you have killed them yourself they declared very well then he said if you think so try to make a noise yourselves like the children did and now they began cooking blubber above the entrance to the house and when the oil was boiling and bubbling as hard as it could they began making a mighty noise and true enough up came the great fire outside but little kagsagsuk was not allowed to come into the house and therefore he hid himself in the store shed the great fire came into the house and brought with it the live ribbon seal for a whip they heard it coming in through the passage and then they poured boiling oil over it and his whip being thus destroyed the great fire went away but from that time onward all the people of the village were unkind to little kagsagsuk and that although he had told the truth up to that time he had lived in the house of umerlugtok who was a great man but now he was forced to stay outside always and they would not let him come in if he ventured to step in though it were for no more than to dry his boots umerlugtok that great man would lift him up by the nostrils and cast him over the high threshold again and little kagsagsuk had two grandmothers the one of these beat him as often as she could 
even if he only lay out in the passage but his other grandmother took pity on him because he was the son of her daughter who had been a woman like herself and therefore she dried his clothes for him when once in a while that unfortunate boy did come in umird lugtok's folk would give him some tough walrus hide to eat wishing only to give him something which they knew was too tough for him and when they did so he would take a little piece of stone and put it between his teeth to help him and when he had finished put it back in his breeches where he always kept it when he was hungry he would sometimes eat of the dog's leavings on the ground outside finding there a walrus hide which even the dogs refused to eat he slept among the dogs and warmed himself up on the roof in the warm air from the smoke hole but whenever umer glugtok saw him warming himself there he would haul him down by the nostrils thus a long time passed and it had been long in the winter and was beginning to grow light near the coming of spring and now little kagsagsuk began to go wandering about the country once when he was out he met a big man a giant who was cutting up his catch and on seeing him kagsagsuk cried out in a loud voice ho you man there give me a piece of that meat but although he shouted as loudly as he could that giant could not hear him at last a little sound reached the big man's ears and then he said bring me luck bring me luck and he threw down a little piece of meat on the ground believing it was one of the dead who thus asked but little kagsagsuk who young as he was had already some helping spirits made that little piece of meat to be a big piece just as the dead can do and ate as much as he could and when he could eat no more there was still so much left that he could hardly drag it away to hide it some time after this little kagsagsuk said to his mother's mother i have by chance become possessed of much meat and my thoughts will not leave it i will therefore go out and look to it so he went off to the place where he had hidden it and lo it was not there and he fell to weeping and while he stood there weeping the giant came up what are you weeping for i cannot find the meat which i had hidden in a store-place here ho oh, said the giant i took that meat i thought it had belonged to another one and then he said again now let us play together for he felt kindly towards that boy and had pity on him and they too went off together when they came to a big stone the giant said now let us push this stone and they began pushing at the big stone until they twirled it round at first when little kagsagsuk tried he simply fell backwards now once more make haste make haste once more and there again there is a bigger one and at last little kagsagsuk ceased to fall over backwards and was able instead to move the stones and twirl them round and each time he tried with a larger stone than before and when he had succeeded with that a larger one still and so he kept on and at last he could make even the biggest stones twirl round in the air and the stone said lulululu in the air then said the giant at last seeing that they were equal in strength now you have become a strong man but since it was by my fault that you lost that piece of meat i will by magic means cause bears to come down to your village three bears there will be and they will come right down to the village then little kagsagsuk went home and having returned home went up to warm himself as usual at the smoke hole then came the master of that house as usual and hauled him down by the nostrils and afterwards when he went to lie down among the dogs his wicked grandmother beat him and them together as was her custom altogether as if there were no strong men in the village at all but in the night when all were asleep 
he went down to one of the umiaks which was frozen fast and hauled it free next morning when the men awoke there was a great to-do how that umiak has been hauled out of the ice how there must be a strong man among us who can it be that is so strong here is the mighty one without a doubt said umer lugtok pointing to little kagsagsuk but he said this only in mockery and a little time after this the people about the village began to call out that three bears were in sight exactly as the giant had said kagsagsuk was inside drying his boots and while all the others were shouting eagerly about the place he said humbly if only i could borrow a pair of indoor boots from someone and at last as he could get no others he was obliged to take his grandmother's boots and put them on then he went out and ran over the hard-trodden snow outside the houses treading with such force that it seemed as if the footmarks were made in soft snow and thus he went off to meet the bears how look at kagsagsuk did you ever see what has come to kagsagsuk what can it be umerglugtok was greatly excited and so astonished that his eyes would not leave the boy little kagsagsuk grasped the biggest of the bears a mother with two half-grown cubs grasped that bear with his naked fists and wrung its neck so that it fell down dead then he took those cubs by the back of the neck and hammered their skulls together until they too were dead then little kagsagsuk went back homeward with the biggest bear over his shoulders and one cub under each arm as if they had been no more than hares thus he brought them up to the house and skinned them then he went about building a fireplace large enough to put a man in for he was now going to cook bear's meat for his grandmother on a big flat stone umerd lugtok that great man now made haste to get away taking his wives with him and kagsagsuk took that old grandmother who was wont to beat him and cast her on the fire and she burned all up till only her stomach was left his other grandmother was about to run away but he held her back and said i shall now be kind to you for you always used to dry my boots now when kagsagsuk had made a meal of the bear's meat he set off in chase of those who had fled away umerglugtok had halted upon the top of a high hill just on the edge of a precipice and had pitched their tent close to the edge up came kagsagsuk behind him caught him by the nostrils and held him out over the edge and shook him so violently that his nostrils burst and there stood umerglugtok holding his nose but kagsagsuk said to him do not fear i am not going to kill you for you never used to kill me and then little kagsagsuk went into the tent and called out to him hi come and look i am in here with your wives for in the old days umerglugtok had dared him even to look at them and having thus taken due vengeance kagsagsuk went back to his village and took vengeance there on all those who had ever ill-treated him and some time after he went away to the southward and lived with the people there it is also told that he got himself a kayak there and went out hunting with the other men but being so strong he soon became filled with the desire to be feared and began catching hold of children and crushing them and therefore his fellow villagers harpooned him one day when he was out in his kayak all this we have heard tell of kagsagsuk tale forty two kasiagsak the great liar kasiagsak men say was a great liar his wife was called kiglugsuk he could never sleep well at night and being sleepless he always woke his fellow villagers when they were to go out hunting in the morning 
but he never brought home anything himself one day when he had been out as usual in his kayak without even sight of a seal he said it is no use my trying to be a hunter for i never catch anything i may as well make up some lie or other and at the same moment he noticed that one of his fellow villagers was towing a big black seal over to an island to land it there before going out for more when that seal had been brought to land kasiagsak rode round behind the man and stole it and towed it back home his wife was looking out for him going outside every now and then to look if he were in sight and thus it was that coming out she caught sight of a kayak coming in with something in tow she shaded her eyes with both hands one above the other and looked through between them gazing eagerly to try if she could make out who it was the kayak with its seal in tow came rowing in and she kept going out to look and at last when she came out as usual she could see that it was really and truly kasiagsak coming home with his catch in tow here's kasiagsak has made a catch cried his fellow villagers and when he came in they saw that he had a great black seal in tow with deep black markings all over the body and the tow-line was thick with trappings of the finest narwhal tusk where did you get that tow-line they asked i've had it a long time he answered but have never used it before to-day after they had hauled the seal to land his wife cut out the belly part and when that was done she shared out so much blubber and meat to the others that there was hardly anything left for themselves and then she set about cooking a meal with a shoulder-blade for a lamp and another for a pot and every time a kayak came in they told the newcomer that kasiagsak had got a big black seal at last there was but one kayak still out and when that one came in they told him the same thing kasiagsak has actually got a big seal but this last man said when they told him i got a big black seal to-day and hauled it up on an island but when i went back to fetch it it was gone the others said again the tow-line which kasiagsak was using to-day was furnished with toggles of pure narwhal tusk later in the evening kasiagsak heard a voice calling in at the window you kasiagsak i have come to ask if you will give back that tow-line kasiagsak sprang up and said here it is you may take it back now but his wife who was beside him said when kasiagsak does such things one cannot but feel shame for him Urgh, said kasiagsak to his wife as if to frighten her and after that he went about as if nothing had happened one day when he was out in his kayak as usual he said what is the use of my being out here i who never catch anything and he rowed in towards land when he reached the shore he took off his breeches and sat down on the ground laying one knee across a stone then he took another stone to serve as a hammer and with that he hammered both his knee-caps until they were altogether smashed and there he lay he lay there for a long time but at last he got up and went down to his kayak and now he could only walk with little and painful steps and when he came down to his kayak he hammered and battered at that until all the woodwork was broken to pieces and then getting into it he piled up a lot of fragments of iceberg upon it and even placed some inside his clothes which were of raven's skin and so he rode home but all this while two women had been standing watching him his wife was looking out for him as usual shading her eyes with her hands and when at last she caught sight of his kayak and it came nearer she could see that it was kasiagsak rowing very slowly and when then he reached the land she said what has happened to you now an iceberg calved 
and seeing her husband come home in such a state, his wife said to the others, An iceberg has calved right on top of Kasiagsak, so that he barely escaped alive. But when the women who had watched him came home, they said, We saw him today. He rode in to land and took off his breeches and hammered at his kneecaps with a stone. Then he went down to his kayak and battered it to bits, and when that was done he filled his kayak with ice and even put ice inside his clothing. But when his wife heard this, she said to him, When Kasiagsak does such things, one cannot but feel shame for him. Rrr, said Kasiagsak, as if to frighten her. After that, he lay still for a long while, waiting for his knees to heal, and when at last his knees were well again, he began once more to go out in his kayak, always without catching anything as usual. And when he had thus been out one day as usual, without catching anything, he said to himself again, what is the use of my staying out here? And he rowed in to land. There he found a long stone, laid it on his kayak, and rowed out again. And when he came in sight of other kayaks that lay waiting for seal, he stopped still, took out his two small bladder floats made from the belly of a seal, tied the harpoon line to the stone in his kayak, and when that was done he rowed away as fast as he could, while the kayaks that were waiting looked on. Then he disappeared from sight behind an iceberg, and when he came round on the other side, his bladder float was gone, and he himself was rowing as fast as he could towards land. His wife, who was looking out for him as usual, shading her eyes with her hands, said then, But what has happened to Kasiagsak? As soon as a voice could reach the land, Kasiagsak cried, Now you need not be afraid of breaking the handles of your knives. I have struck a great walrus and it has gone down under water with my two small bladder floats. One or another of those who are out after seal will be sure to find it. He himself remained altogether idle, and having come into his house did not go out again. And as the kayaks began to come in, others went down to the shore and told them the news. Kasiagsak has struck a walrus. And this they said to all the kayaks as they came home, but as usual, there was one of them that remained out a long time, and when at last he came back, late in the evening, they told him the same thing. Kasiagsak, it is said, has struck a walrus. That I do not believe, for here are his bladder floats. They had been tied to a stone, and the knot had worked loose. Then they brought those bladder floats to Kasiagsak and said, Here are your bladder floats. They were fastened to a stone, but the knot worked loose. When Kasiagsak does such things, one cannot but feel shame for him said his wife as usual. Rrr, said Kasiagsak to frighten her. And after that, Kasiagsak went about as if nothing had happened. One day he was out in his kayak as usual, at a place where there was much ice. Here he caught sight of a speckled seal, which had crawled up onto a piece of the ice. He rowed up to it, taking it unawares, and lifted his harpoon ready to throw. But just as he was about to throw, he looked at the point, and then he laid the harpoon down again, saying to himself, Would it not be a pity now for that skin which is to be used to make breeches for my wife to be pierced with holes by the point of a harpoon? So he lay alongside the piece of ice and began whistling to that seal, and he was just about to grasp hold of it when the seal went down. But he watched it carefully, and when it came up again, he rowed over to it once more. Now he lifted his harpoon and was just about to throw when again he caught sight of the point, and said to himself, Would it not be a pity if that skin, which is to make breeches for my wife, should be pierced with holes by the point of a harpoon? 
and again he cried out to try and frighten the seal and down it went again and did not come up any more once he heard that there lived an old couple in another village who had lost their child so kasiagsak went off there on a visit he came to their place and went into the house and there sat the old couple mourning then he asked the others of the house in a low voice what is the trouble here they are mourning he was told what for he asked they have lost a child their little daughter died the other day what was her name nipisartangivak they said then kasiagsak cleared his throat and said in a loud voice to-day my little daughter nipisartangivak is doubtless crying at her mother's side as usual hardly had he said this when the mourners looked up eagerly and cried ah oh, how grateful we are to you now your little daughter can have all her things and they gave him beads and the little girl's mother said i have nothing to give you by way of thanks but you shall have my cooking pot and when he was setting out again for home they gave him great quantities of food to take home to his little girl but when he came back to his own place his fellow villagers asked wherever did you get all this and umiak started out on a journey and the people in it were hurried and forgetful here are some things which they left behind them towards evening a number of kayaks came in sight it was people coming on a visit and they had all brought meat with them when they came in they said tell kasiagsak and his wife to come down and fetch up this meat for their little girl kasiagsak and his wife had no children we know kasiagsak well and his wife is childless when the strangers heard this they would not even land at the place but simply said then tell them to give us back the beads and the cooking pot and those things were brought and given back to them then kasiagsak's wife said as usual now you have lied again when you do such things one cannot but feel shame for you Brrr, said kasiagsak to frighten her and went on as if nothing had happened now it is said that kasiagsak's wife kidlugsuk had a mother who lived in another village and had a son whose name was ernilik one day kasiagsak set out to visit them he came to their place and when he entered into the house it was quite dark because they had no blubber for their lamp and the little child was crying because it had nothing to eat kasiagsak cleared his throat loudly and said what is the matter with him he is hungry as usual said the mother then said kasiagsak how foolish i was not to take so much as a little blubber with me over in our village seals are daily thrown away you must come back with me to our place next morning they set off together when they reached the place kasiagsak hurried up with the harpoon line in his hand before his wife's mother had landed and all she saw was that there was much carrion of ravens on kasiagsak's rubbish heap suddenly kasiagsak cried out ah one of them has got away again he had caught a raven in his snare his wife cooked it and their lamp was a shoulder blade and another shoulder blade was their cooking pot and when that meat was cooked kidlugsuk's mother was given raven's meat to eat afterwards she was well fed by the other villagers there and next morning when she was setting out to go home they all gave her meat to take with her all save kasiagsak who gave her nothing and time went on and once he was out as usual in his kayak and when he came home in the evening he said i found a dead whale to-morrow we must all go out in the umiak and cut it up next day many umiaks and kayaks set out to the eastward and when they had rowed a long way in they asked where is it over there beyond that little ness he said and they rowed over there and when they reached the place there was nothing to be seen so they asked again 
where is it over there beyond that little nest and they rode over there but when they reached the place there was nothing to be seen and again they asked where is it where is it up there beyond the little ness and again they reached the place and rode round it and there was nothing to be seen then the others said kasyagsak is lying as usual let us kill him but he answered wait a little let us first make sure that it is a lie and if you do not see it you may kill me and again they asked where is it yes where was it now over there beyond that little ness and now they had almost reached the base of that great fjord and again they rounded a little nest farther in and there was nothing to be seen therefore they said he is only a trouble to us all let us kill him and at last they did as they had said and killed him end of section ten tales thirty nine to forty two recording by expatriate in bangor maine